social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. And we're back. How do you feel? Did you miss sitting here? Recording? No. <laughs> Come on. This chair doesn't have a back. <laughs> Otherwise, yes, I missed it. Yeah, I guess our recording setup is still at our dining room table. Yeah. Not much has Not changed. Not much has changed. There's been a lot of stuff happening in the world. In the social media world, I guess. No more 20% rule. No one knows what's happening with TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flashback to a couple months ago when we started talking about the TikTok deals. Yeah. Still don't know what's going on. And LinkedIn has stories now. Who doesn't have stories? I, that's why it's funny. Why? I opened my app earlier and yeah. saw a story at the top and I didn't, I didn't click it. I was it. gonna ask if you've seen anyone use it. No one has on mine. It's kind of like Facebook stories like you, maybe you post there on accident. I accidentally looked at someone from high school's significant other's brother's Facebook story the other day. <laughs> Go on. Uh, nothing happened but I was like damn it Jen. Can you see who viewed your Facebook story like I, you can see who viewed an Instagram I story? I assume so. My Facebook on desktop just updated yeah yeah have you gotten that? i've had it for a while i hate it yeah most of, i mean it's not great it gives me another reason to never want to go on facebook <laughs> which <laughs> perfect let's talk about the social dilemma the movie on netflix we watched it a few weeks ago and i thought it was interesting because it was nothing i didn't know i think working in the industry you know all this is happening but it was interesting to have it all packaged together in one movie and like see how it's presented to the public in simplified terms that aren't bringing up the algorithm and like bidding and things like that like i loved the control room scene yeah, yeah. i mean it was scary but I thought that was like a brilliant way of breaking down how Facebook ads work. I know. I think the sentiment across the board as far as what the public feels and the change that they're making is that they feel like all social is kind of evil now yeah. and they want to delete it. I mean, I saw that thing that I shared with you on Twitter. That's just about all of, all social media managers' friends are texting them like, oh my God, I'm going to delete the apps. I don't want to be on Instagram. I don't want to be on Facebook, Twitter anymore, blah, 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 blah. And all the social media managers are like, yeah, I wish. <laughs> My mom sent me a tweet yesterday that was like, there's two kinds of social media managers, like those who are social media media managers in 2020 and everyone else. And everyone else. Yeah, such a good point. We've gone through a lot this year. Yeah. And we will probably experience a lot more this year. I know. Did you see that stat about registering to vote on social? Which one? The three million Americans have registered to vote via a social media app it's crazy that's a lot of people i'd assume young people we've been talking a lot about how the content on social media specifically instagram has shifted um over the past year to be less just you know food porn yeah fashion yeah beauty to be more of a tool for spreading political knowledge information it's just like opening doors and access for other people's opinions and voices to be heard whether that's for good or bad right but i do like that facebook and instagram specifically i know all of the networks are doing it but are making it easier to share if you've registered to vote um they have like the stickers and yep. the badges and stuff like that there's that ticker that shows how many of your friends have, I have like registered the ticker. i love that i think that it's just a nice reminder like you can't open your phone without being reminded to 
freaking register to vote. Like, just do it. You're right. And even more so to your point about the platforms being used for education and and further information sharing. Our guest today, we actually talked to her a lot about that. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Carrie Subut, the CEO of Simple Health, which is a telehealth company. They prescribe and deliver birth control to your door. Yeah, and given all the recent conversations and the celebration of RBG's life, it's even more timely that we have this interview yeah, to share totally, with you all. Totally. Honestly, I think we can kind of just leave it at that. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Hi. Welcome to All the Social Ladies, our first episode back from our break. We're so happy to have you on the show. So we will jump into the social media speed round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite social network? Instagram. What is your go-to emoji? Fire. How about Twitter or TikTok? TikTok. What about stories or feed? Ooh, stories for sure. Okay. My favorite question, what Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Beta brand. What is your favorite meme? Probably any one with Chrissy Teigen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's the best. She's right. It's 2005 and you're on MySpace. What song is playing on your profile? Um, 50 Cent. <laughs> it's your birthday. Nice. That one started yeah. nice and strong. <laughs> yeah, you know why? I, I graduated business school in 2004, so I was anchoring it my business school years. Had you asked me to do that as an eight, I would have been really <laughs> good. I'm glad you could place yourself in the question then. Well, I guess that's the, a perfect segue into telling us more about your career trajectory and how you found yourself at Simple Health. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, a very fun story for me. I started off my career in strategy, finance, and operations. I started off in Wall Street and I always sort of knew I wanted to be a CEO. Ever since I was little, and of course, I'm going to date myself here, I was an avid reader of Nancy Drew. Yeah, and I was just it. so, she was solving all the cases and the boys like never got it. So <laughs> I'd always thought to myself with my mom that when I grow up, I want to be the Nancy Drew of the business world. At age 12, um, I got diagnosed with a rare disease called dystonia that landed me pretty much almost being in a wheelchair. And the way the story sort of arced, though, is I went ahead, I went to business school, I worked on Wall Street, I just never let the disease hold me mm-hmm. back. 14 years ago, I was blessed with the miracle of science and technology, and I had brain surgery for eight hours, oh, and wow. like, I was able to walk. And I remember on the operating table, just speaking to the universe and saying that if I could ever run a marathon, I will dedicate my life to health and wellness. And so... I've run two marathons. I've run, you know, 13 half marathons. And so here I am. And, and when my path crossed the path of the job of, of CEO of Simple Health, I just felt like my entire life story clicked just because, you know, as a woman of color, being disabled, access has always been the barrier of my life. And mm-hmm. what I love about health is that we just have a chance to really pave the way and change the way reproductive health is access in this country. And access is not all that we all have. Some of us take it for granted. I don't. And so I really truly believe that this platform will change the way people access something as essential as reproductive health. That is an incredible story. Obviously, so happy to hear about your recovery. And that's amazing that it led you to where you are at Simple Health. Tell us more about kind of that moment you discovered this opportunity um, and what you kind of want to accomplish 
So when I started, I started at Simple Health on February 24th. So let's just think about that for a second. Mm. Started as a first-time CEO at a new company. And imagine a week and a half later, I'm like cutting costs. I'm just trying to like figure out how to keep the company afloat. Right. But you know what, Jenna Michelle, I, I often think leaders are made in crises. So I've now sort of, I believe, evolved from just being a CEO to a leader. Mm-hmm. Somehow getting all of this and just remaining principled and having a point of view. We didn't lay off anyone. We actually hired, we promoted, we raised the merit increases. I mean, everyone raises about a couple of weeks ago. So, That's you know, I, I really believe, and you know, you talked about like what, what I'm here to do. I'm here to do really one, two things. Number one is change a conversation about reproductive health. And personally for me, is that growing up, I didn't have a lot of mentors or, or people that inspired me to be better. As I think about like what I really want to craft this goal to look like is is leave a legacy for like little brown girls to aspire to dream big. It's so commendable. I mean, I remember when we knew we were going to be talking to you, I was scrolling through your Instagram just to get a sense of, you know, who you were as a person. And I saw you were posting like that couple of weeks after, you know, being work from home, like moving all the stuff out of the office into your home office or, you know, I loved the transparency because good leaders really are upfront about that type of thing. And I definitely recognize that in you right away. Oh my God. It's so funny you said that. We just had, <laughs> I just had a three hour strategic session with the entire company. They've never done this before. I shut down the entire company and, and led them to, you know, what the vision and the strategy was. And someone said to me after, like, they slacked me, which by the way, is the newest medium that I'm addicted to. Post oh, Instagram. Us too. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, Carrie, exactly what you said. They said, Carrie, like, I've, Never thought I would see a leader that's just so transparent and so unapologetic about decisions that have to be made. But the thing I know is that you're doing it for all the right reasons. So, yeah. um, yeah, what you saw is you saw me packing the box, closing up shop and just taking my monitor home literally eight days after I started my new job. It's insane. Like, <laughs> I can't I, I, like we're sitting here like shaking our heads, looking at each other. It's like, yeah, like I, I can't even imagine being in your shoes in that moment. Oh, I, I think for me that in that moment, I was like, Carrie, either you're going to get this really right or you're going to mm-hmm. get it really wrong. And, um, and you know, to me, life is binary. So I happened to choose something that was really right. And I stuck my mind decisions. But you know what? Like, I've lived in New York now on and off for, for over 20 years, you know, 9-11 and, and mm-hmm. the Great Depression. Eight. And I was living here at both those points in time. And at those moments, too, I always had to make tough decisions. And you sort of have to make that decision, own it and, and run mm-hmm. with it. And, um, you know, for me like that, it was just a natural decision to close on the office on March 9th, even before, you know, our, our local government called work. Right. Home. I want to talk a little bit about how the pandemic has maybe impacted the business in general. Um, we saw a stat about the telehealth industry growing by at least 68% this year alone with, you know, everyone either doing remote therapy or even remote doctor's appointments. Uh-huh. Um, tell us about some of the things you've seen in the women's healthcare space and if it's impacted you at all. Oh my gosh. Impact is probably not the word. <laughs> Transformed, yeah, seriously. Transformed. That's 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 actually the right word. Um, (laughs) you know, I started the company. We we had a budget set, and within like by the end of March, we just saw numbers that were just out of control. So we ended up growing a hundred percent quarter over quarter. And for me, you know, I remember my my patient support team was like, Carrie, like we just can't keep up with the volume and. 
you know, again, talking about being a great leader, I said, you know what, let's look at some other big companies and let's see how they're dealing with the volume. Amazon, Bloomingdale's. I'm like, everyone's late. So why are you holding yourself to a high bar? And you know what? The the person looked at me and goes, because I want person to get their birth control on time. Right. And I was like, wow, that is such a strong statement. So, but besides the economic piece of it, which obviously is great that we're able to see such growth, it's just what I'm appreciating right now is how the corona pandemic really radically reshaped how people are accessing healthcare. Yeah. Do you think, I'm thinking back about my experience with birth control and being kind of nervous even to approach it face-to-face with a doctor. And Mm. I think that other women experience this within their families or their caretakers or whoever. How do you think that the simple health, like, again, just opens that accessibility and maybe makes people feel a little more comfortable to get birth control in the first place? Yeah. I mean, again, like our consultation is asynchronous. So, you know, there's no judgment, right? And I always feel like, or I've always felt, um, whenever this topic of like, how often are you having sex or why do you need birth control came up? It was always like, I felt like I was being judged. And so when you're on this piece of paper right now, you don't have that feeling. All you have is knowing that someone's going to write you birth control. I, you know, the hard thing for me to obviously swallow in this day and age we, we live in is the fact that people still believe that birth control is like a bad thing, right? Like people use birth control for a number of medical reasons, whether it's acne, bad cramps, PCOS, or other medical needs that like, that's why they do it, right? Or maybe they've got like, you know, very horrible mood swings, you know, anemia. There's just like a ton of options medically why you have to get it. So, you know, I, again, like I, I believe the big mission that I want to accomplish here on this platform is to really break down the barrier that birth control is like any other prescription that you need. It is not something taboo. It is not right. something that we should be afraid to talk about, right? Like, why is it that like when, like when we're on the phone right now that, you know, people will be like, are they really talking about birth control? Yeah, we right. are. It's fine. Like we don't, we're not allowed to be unapologetically proud of leaning into our womanhood. And that makes me really sad, even at 45 years old. And that's a conversation I want Simple Health to lean in. For sure. Now, like our friends, we talk about birth control constantly, just like <laughs> well, we're all yeah, and, trying different things, seeing what works best for but you. But I'm thinking yeah. about even yeah. using like Instagram now with all of the accounts or the thought leaders who are talking about birth control and not being ashamed or afraid to do so, we're constantly kind of sending each other posts like memes or conversation starters about birth control too. And it just feels so natural now. Even just general like sex ed stuff, I feel like is so much more prevalent that feel it makes that conversation easier to instigate. Yeah. I want you next time you have an outdoor lunch with your friends to remember me and have those conversations. <laughs> All right, girls, I know you listen to our podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen to Carrie. <laughs> you know, I, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but why not? I feel so comfortable with you, you both right now, but I'm 45 years old, right? And at this time and age, I, you know, things start to be a little bit different. Right. And right, so right. But menopause, I think like, oh, it's like, you know, like the end of something. And I quite frankly yeah. think it's the beginning of something. Right? Like, I think it's the beginning of my most sort of like, why is this year? It's like, we're actually yeah. truly will accept my body. Right. Like I'm yeah. not going to go on a 10th diet. So, you know, again, like, <laughs> I want us all to, you know, again, like, we can, like I want to be okay talking about menopause to my, my girlfriends. And that's what concerns me too. Well, and I think right now, of course, 
accessibility birth control is on everyone's mind with it being more relevant than ever with the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and conversations around what the future is going to look like for women's rights. What is your take on what's going on in the world and kind of what's simple health approach to addressing current events? I just feel like since Friday, my world has been just rocked and shattered. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, this woman, first of all, have you guys seen her video working out at 87? It was everything. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> is like, such a badass. I just was like, Carrie, next time you don't get your butt to that Peloton two steps away, shame on you. Ruth was in the gym. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, I, I'm even more excited and more jazzed now to be at the center and the leader of this platform. We are built on the premise of accessibility. The core of our mission is to really dismantle barriers within the existing system by simplifying access. Like that's our, that's our company's name, right? Simple Health. Yeah. <laughs> and also we want to provide education and, and deliver expert care to, to literally empower people to control their reproductive health. So, I know we have always been huge fans of RBG. We loved everything she stood for and, and literally fought for. And her legacy inspires the company, my team, myself to fight the good fight every day. And really she, she's left the biggest, for such a small woman, she's left the biggest shoes to fill. <laughs> but even with my platform to even sort of like push the conversation forward, especially in the next 69 days. I, I plan yeah. on doing that because, you know, these, these issues are just deep and, and completely ingrained in our society. So we need systemic change and we need people like myself and like other CEOs to really take a stand and use our platform to move the conversation about reproductive health and other issues forward. I love that you brought up the education piece. I mean, I think that's really at the root of what it is, is how do we go from here? How do we make people more aware? That kind of brings me to what I wanted to ask about simple health approach to content and the way you're kind of doing marketing on social itself is the content is not just, you know, about birth control. You're not just looking at a package of pills on the social feeds. It's, I mean, you're talking about first periods and body hair and just loving women's bodies in general and, and being okay in your own skin. So I want you to like help us understand more about this approach and how you're using it to build this educated community overall? That's a great question. So, you know, when I started, um, one of the first things I did was, was take a look at our content. And I just felt like it wasn't pushing the conversation about um, womanhood, sexuality. I mean, birth control is just a prescription, right? <laughs> but right. it really encompasses everything about everything else. And so... Yeah. Um, the thing I love about most about my team is that they have encouraged me to, to, to think bigger and to be bigger. And so on May 26th, I have to say like my entire and a lot of people's roles just like changed. And, mm -hmm. you know, my team said, Carrie, like you need to be a part of this social justice movement. How can we do that? And I said, well, let's use our platform. Mm -hmm, so if yeah. you see all about it, we talk about like, you know, African-American women not getting the right health care. We talk a lot about like, you know, issues when, when women try to deliver babies and some of the blockages that they're seeing. We talk a, a lot about just, to your point, body positivity, because it is important, right? Like we are, our reproductive system is housed in a body, right? So why are we afraid to talk? <laughs> right. I don't know, like vaginal odors, like we, we just have, like everything is so different. And again, like to me, I see our Instagram as 
a way to celebrate our our bodies, who we are, um, and use Simple Health, again, platform to be just bigger than birth control. Like, you know, I can't talk a lot about just because we're a startup, but we we have big goals for the company in the future. Like, it's not just like birth control. Actually, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead, but next <laughs> week we're launching we're launching cold sore and herpes. So, mm. you know, we see birth control as just the beginning. We see that there's an entire sort of ecosystem of, of, of quote unquote stuff that we can just basically do over the next two or three years, as well as using the platform to change a conversation, to educate and just to basically, you know, help get the, the conversation just keep on going. I think it's interesting. We've been talking a lot about how social media in general, specifically Instagram, I'll say, the content you see on Instagram now, or at least in my feed, is not the same as it was, you know, a year ago at this time. Like the nature of the platform is really shifting towards having these conversations, uncovering injustice, like really just pushing people to teach their followers something yeah. and have them kind of use the platform for a greater good. So I think that that is commendable and important that you also shifted your strategy to do the same. I would like to hear if you have any opinions on social media in general as a tool during these times to, to either propel the movement. Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? What is your relationship with social media? I have not watched the Netflix documentary. So I heard, <laughs> and I heard I shouldn't, so I won't. Um, I, I believe social media can be used for good. I believe, you know, it can actually also sort of, you know, have an impact on people for the bad. So I have asked the team when they develop content to make it just sort of factual and educational. I think by using and taking that approach, it, it becomes a tool of education, awareness, and, and communication. So it, it can be good and bad. I know that's, that's, like, that's not a great answer. It's not a perfect answer, but I do believe it, it's like a secret weapon. You can use, mm -hmm. use it for bad. And so um, I've chosen to use it for good. It's not going anywhere, right? It's right. here. People have literally spent probably 50% of the time on it since if we've been in shelter in place, quarantine in our right. new paradigm. And so, you know, if we don't take advantage of the, the trend, I would say we're losing part of the conversation because there are multiple conversations going on on, on on Instagram. Look at your feeds yesterday, right? By 4 p.m., 80% of, I'm sure, your feeds had the same image on yep. it, right? So, yep. and like, let's be real. Let's be cognizant of what we post. But, you know, let's use it for a platform for good, not evil. I love that. We superheroes. Oh, right? Wow. <laughs> I didn't expect you to use that word. I love it, I though. Think, when I think good and evil, I don't know. I jumped to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to talk more about the target demographic of Simple Health. One of the things that I felt, you know, in seeing Simple Health ads was always how inclusive it was. And from the CEO's mouth, I'd love to hear, you know, your thoughts on that. And who are you really trying to speak to or reach? Wow. I'm like literally getting goosebumps. This question is just everything. Um, it, it is so important that we speak to all, and I don't even want to use the word women because that's not inclusive, but we, and we're struggling with what we're to use, but mm -hmm. um, we want to speak to every person that needs our platform. It is not 
by happenstance. It, isn't, it wasn't a coinkydink. It is intentional that we are involving everyone in the conversation. The platform that we think about is not only diversity, but access, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you think something like fertility, right? Just because you can't afford to freeze your eggs for $100,000 doesn't mean you're not trying to get pregnant, right? right. And so right. why are we creating a lot of products currently that can only speak to, to the higher, I would say, you know, top one to two percent. So what, what, you know, I, I love about this platform and, and something I strongly believe in, let's try and talk to everyone, right? And so we are literally spent three hours today talking about how every department in the company was going to basically buck the system and challenge the trend on, on access. And we are all in, everyone's in. I'm in the middle of doing a, a literally a hiring spree of leaders, you know, that question comes up and, you know, that's sort of like, you know, if, if you are a fundamental champion of human rights and access, then, then our values are aligned. It is a core fact of our values as a company, as people, as, as a CEO. Okay, well, now we have goosebumps. I know, I was going to say, we, <laughs> you, you gave them back to us. <laughs> people always knock those like three hour strategy sessions. But I don't know about you. Like, I always feel so empowered coming out of them. And I can only imagine at a company like, like you're at, it's probably so just palatable the feeling yeah. of what's the word I'm looking for? Just really inspired. Yeah. Like coming out of that, like when everyone's on board, everyone's. You're also probably delirious after. Three well, that hours. too. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry we're making you do a podcast, but. No, <laughs> Can I, can I guess for two seconds? So, yeah, sure. So I just had two people just slack me in the middle of the conversation, just saying, Hi, Carrie, the company by me today was so great. I feel so good oh. and full. Someone was like, Thank you so much. I'm excited we were able to engage the whole company to get everyone hype. Thank you for always sharing your personal stories, which I do all the time. And then um, the last one that just literally made me took my breath away is all I can say is, Wow, you two, I've been working from home for six years. I've never been in a company that was fun, that was engaged, informative, and I'm holding back tears how happy I am to be here. So, you know, it was, it, it was like complete, to be honest, like hell playing this thing. But, you know, when I get comments like this, like it just, it, it, yeah. it, it makes it very full. I mean, hearing this whole interview and then also hearing those comments, like it's clear that there is a spirit that's very much alive within you and Simple Health. And so I can't wait to see what is ahead. Oh, ladies, if I can even get done half of what I talked about today, I will definitely have embodied the spirit of RBG and have kept her legacy going on. Like, I, I don't think my friends like Carrie, you're taking this so hard. And I'm like, because she was just such a champion of everything, like yeah. even how much we paid, right? Like people don't realize that. Yeah. So for me, um, and by the way, we're still not getting paid equally, right? Like, let's yeah. really be real. <laughs> <laughs> we do it, right? Like, you know, like I was talking to her today and she's like, you know, when I ask women how much they want to make, we say we're flexible, but a guy like, you know, I want X dollars. So, you know, yeah. again, like I, I want to be able to just do maybe 1% of what RBG did just to be able to move the conversation forward. I feel so, I feel so good. I mean, I couldn't have asked to start this next se- part two, part of, the two of the season with the, this interview. It, you're fabulous. I'm like, I like literally have a blushing emoji right now. Oh, <laughs> that warms my heart. Okay. Carrie, I, I can't say thank you enough. Feelings mutual, ladies. I am, um, I, again, like, I can't thank you enough for giving me 
the platform just to talk about, you know, all the things because quite frankly, it gives me all the feels. And I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate both of you taking time, you know, even saying, Carrie, do you, do you want to do this two months ago or do you want to do it when we get back? And the reality is when you caught me two months ago, I was, I was incredibly overwhelmed. It was like, you know, there's a ton of stuff going on. So, um, I think our timing is great. I think, you know, being able to even talk about RBG and, and us connecting right now has been so super wonderful. And, you know, if I had to just say anything, like keep on talking to like some badass bitches. It's great. Keep on doing it. <laughs> I love that you guys are doing it. I love that you're doing it in such a way that I actually feel like we've been friends forever. So, um, that's I love the goal. That. Yeah. That's the goal. I'm glad you feel that. Yeah. Since the recording of this podcast, we've already recommended Simple Health to like four friends. (laughs) One of them actually already used it, which I thought was fun. That's true. Um, And we also have talked more about birth control options with them. Yes. This past weekend. I like the continuing conversation. You know, like it's just nice to echo that sentiment because I feel like we should all be talking about this way more than we already do. Yeah. And then wrap your mind around starting a new position as CEO in February. I cannot. I simply cannot. (laughs) But clearly, Carrie has been doing an incredible job. Nothing but praise from her staff. I love that she shared those Slack messages. Me too. Can't wait to see what... I mean, she teased some things already. Can't wait to see what's actually next for them. I know. I want everything delivered, and I think that... A lot of people feel the same way and that this option is just going to open up a lot more opportunity for girls and women to take care of themselves. Absolutely. So thinking about the account that you should be following, I feel like we gravitate towards recommending accounts to follow that are more narrative, that kind of have series and have something more of substance instead of just a one-off post more of like long-form social Mm -hmm. and this recommendation is no different yes another thing that we talked about at length with friends (laughs) this weekend so if you i mean most people probably follow humans of new york at this point yeah um but if you haven't been following along recently they're doing a 32 part story Mm -hmm. on this woman named stephanie who goes by the name Tangere as well. And it was actually supposed to be a podcast. He was interviewing her. They were sitting down together. Yeah, throughout COVID. And she is ill. She's injured. And he decided to release the story on Instagram through the series of 32 posts and attach it to a GoFundMe Mm -hmm. for anyone who took something of value away from the story Um, to contribute to help her live the rest of her life on her terms. They have raised over $2 million. Holy shit. My favorite part is that (laughs) in one of the first um, parts of the story, she goes to a palm reader. Mm -hmm. And in in the story, she says everything that the palm reader told her about her life has come true except that she was going to fall into a lot of money <laughs> and she joked and said hope that happens soon because my time is running out and now she- and now she has fallen into this two million dollars wow. and um if she passes before it's used to take care of her it will be donated so it's an amazing story check it out yeah i mean i just love the use of his platform for good yeah i mean humans of new york does such a great job at everything, mm-hmm. you know, not even just this story in particular, yep. but it, it's a fascinating read. 
10 out of 10 would read again. Enjoy. All the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies. Now put your phones up.